Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, and today's conversation, we are joined by seminarian Brandon Johnson and Vicar Leeper and myself, and we're going to look at the readings for the third Sunday after Pentecost, specifically with the gospel lesson of St. Mark chapter 4. If you would like to listen to the readings, you can listen to them on the reading podcast, which was dropped yesterday. So we have a very interesting text, and I'm excited, and I'm going to pick on Brandon a lot because he's preaching on this text. And so we have St. Mark chapter 4, and it's a parable. Jesus, well, it's two parables. Two parables back to back. Yeah. And it's all about how—and you've preached on parables about farming. Yes. And I always love how you start off, Jesus would be an awful farmer. It's true. They, and I get it, and I, I like it. Well, in this one, you know, we've got this farmer who's got no idea how seeds work. <laughs> so I, I really feel like the theme continues. Yes, absolutely. But it starts off, and we have, there is a man scattering seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, and he, not, and he knows not how. And so we have somebody, some random farmer almost, throwing seed again and going to bed and waking up and thus behold, crops are produced, fruits produced. So what does this mean? Well, I'm going to throw that out to you too. What, what, what is Jesus talking about? Well, I think one of the things, and, and as I already said, Jesus would have made a bad farmer, but there's one part here that I think is good farming, and it's trust. Okay. So what the farmer is doing here is he is scattering this seed. He's he's throwing it into the earth. And what he's saying is, somehow, some way, I trust this seed to produce grain. Okay. And I know that it will do that. And, he, you know, he, he goes to sleep night and day confidently. He doesn't need to know how it works, but he trusts that it will. Okay. I'm going to push back just a little bit. Yeah. And I'm going to throw some assumptions in there. Um, I made it sound like some hapless guy who discovered some seed and is just really throwing it out in the field. I'm sure it's a real farmer doing real things. Mm -hmm. So we have him, you know, getting the ground ready. Right. We have him watering. We have him knowing where to put the, the seed, doing everything in his power. But as you said, and I think should be the thrust of the whole, both parables— trust. Yep. I put the seed in there, I cover it, I've done what I've could, and it's not because I did it, but because of what the seed is going to do, because the seed is going to work. Regardless of what I know, what I don't know, even if I know the biology of the seed, if I know how things work, it's still out of my control and power. Right. And the interesting thing is the focus of both of these is on the seed, yeah. not the farmer. Right. Which is fascinating because once you start asking questions like, who is this farmer? Mm -hmm. It's pretty clear from the context and from what Jesus is saying, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed. It's pretty clear that just like the parable of the sower, right. the farmer is Jesus. 
Yeah. It's Jesus being the farmer here, which is why it's so interesting that the focus is not on the farmer's work, but right. on the seed's work. And that's really interesting because what is a seed? And of course, we're going to say faith. And who creates faith? Who gives faith? Who supports faith? Who sustains faith? Who works the faith? And of course, that's going to be God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Right. And so this directly connects Jesus to the work of the seed, but the seed is the faith that is given, worked, and it's for our life. And that just becomes a really big, huge situation because that flows into the second parable where we have the discussion of the mustard seed, the small seed that grows into a rather large bush plant that even birds can land and nest in. Yeah. So it's a huge thing. And again, with the idea that uh, verse 27 kind of sticks in my crawl on this one. Jesus sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, and he knows not how. Now, and notice I threw yeah. Jesus in there. And it's, it's hard to get over that because when we think of Jesus, we think of his attributes. All-powerful, all-knowing. Wait, we know he's all-knowing. So, And if he is the farmer here, how is it saying he doesn't know how? Right. And I love this. And I love the fact that I struggle with this because, uh, well, frankly, I'm putting too much on the physicality, the ability of Jesus is and as man, as my Lord, and it's I have to explain it. Right. I have to touch it. I have to reason it. I have to know. And as you said at the beginning of the podcast, it's all about trust. And the fact that even Jesus exercises trust in his work, in the work of the Holy Spirit, in what's being delivered to build the kingdom of God, why do I have to explain it? Mm. And why do I have to struggle with, well, Jesus knows everything. Why, why would he say that he doesn't know in a parable? Well, what did we talk about last week with us making excuses for Jesus yeah. and dealing with stuff that we don't understand? Right. This is a parable. It's not designed to be a theology textbook. Right. He's trying to make a specific point. And the specific point that he's making is not about the farmer, but the seed. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right about trust, and you mentioned the Holy Spirit. I think this parable is actually a lot about Jesus' relationship with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus as this person who brings the word into the world, who brings the kingdom of God here on earth, and trusts the Holy Spirit to grow. Trust the Holy Spirit to grow that word, grow that faith. Like, uh, and maybe I'm still caught up on Trinity Sunday from a oh, few I... weeks ago. Uh, but I think about this as God the Son and God the Holy Spirit working together in trust um, to bring the kingdom of God into this world and to produce uh, such wonderful, amazing growth that you would never have thought possible going to the kind of mustard seed Yeah. Point. Brandon, do you have yep. uh, some some thoughts on this, some some takes for us? Yeah, yeah, especially looking at the mustard seed. Uh, I've, I've heard some scholars say that mustard is even a sort of weed. Oh, really? And, and when Jesus says, but after it's planted, everybody would be like, well, why would you plant mustard? It grows everywhere. It's a weed. We're trying <laughs> to get rid of it. And then he says how it grows into this big tree. Well, huh. well, mustard doesn't grow into a tree. It's this little shrubby bush thing. Yeah. And so the the faith grows in ways and that we don't expect. It works unexpectedly mm -hmm. to how we plan our lives. Mm. That, that's kind of an interesting thought that I actually 
hadn't thought of. I wasn't aware that there was uh, kind of this mustard weed that maybe was in mind here. And Jesus talks about this tree that grows from it. And this is not the only time he brings up a mustard seed. I think he he's a big fan of this, whatever this is. But it's interesting that you brought up this element of surprise there. Well, and I like the, the idea of, um, you know, we plant gardens or even just a yard. You go out of your way to kill weeds. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus has this weed and it becomes useful. It becomes a participant in the garden or the, this area. Well, uh, well, switching once again to Jesus as the bad farmer here. Right. There's some other parables where he talks about not getting rid of the weeds, which is a weird thing for a farmer to do. Yeah. Because he he doesn't want to lose any of his his core crop. Right. So I think Jesus actually does have an interesting relationship with with weeds. Well, it's because he knows. <laughs> you know, my my problem. He knows. You know. But now, even let's go a bigger picture. Uh, let's move to Ezekiel, the the prophet. And, of course, God is speaking through the prophet, and God says, I myself will take a sprig from the lofty top of the cedar, and I will set it out. I will break it off from the topmost and young twigs, a tender one, and I myself will plant it on a high lofty mountain. Well, and let's let's uh, clarify here. Uh, this is not just God doing some reforestation. Right. Uh, the cedar is Israel. Right. This is a, a something that God has been using as a metaphor throughout the book of Ezekiel. So that's important to know, that this is not just some random tree, but he's taking a sprig from the top of Israel and setting it out. Well, in verse uh, 24 in that, and all the trees of the field, and this is connected to Israel, shall know that I am the Lord. I bring low the high trees, make high the low trees, dry up the green trees and so on and so forth. But this is all because God acts. Mm. And I, I like this imagery, especially in the Old Testament, and as we've discussed in Bible classes and in podcasts, when the prophet shows up, it's usually not a good thing. <laughs> but we have a lot of promise in this. We have God saying, I will restore Israel. Mm-hmm. I will plant it. I will be the farmer. I will take care of it. What trees grow, how they grow, where they grow, when they grow, I will do it. He, he's, the, he's the master of, of the growing. Right. He is the one that makes the trees grow. Well, now, let's impose Ezekiel upon Jesus mm-hmm. or the Old Testament upon the gospel lesson. Sure. And, you know, the hapless farmer just throwing seed around. We have God himself, I have spoken and I will do it. Mm. And I really like the idea that faith is being scattered because it's spoken to the hearer, and he who has ears, let him hear. So trusting the Holy Spirit, but also trusting God the Father who makes all things. There you go. Absolutely. And and now, again, you know, you're talking about being Trinitarian. We have God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost working in this for our benefit, for the, the kingdom of God, for the church, so on and so forth. But again, I have spoken, and I will do it. And Jesus is a bad farmer. It really becomes, wow, look at the extent that he plans, the extent that he works, the extent that he does all of this, providing for the weeds, providing for the things that we would disregard, the things that don't make sense to us. I have spoken, and I will do it. 
And I really struggle with this because, again, not that I'm a big organized guy. Vicar can attest to that. <laughs> but I really do like knowing what's going on. Right. I like the knowing part. And Jesus himself says, it's not important. Go and live. In trust. In trust. And because I have spoken and I will do it. And that's hard because, well, I want to do it. Mm-hmm. I want to be a part of this. And this participation becomes a life of reception, a life of him taking care of me and providing. And that opens the door to, to so much. Right. Because, again, we want to be the correct and right farmer with all the new technology. Right. The we right w- herbicides. We want right to be the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not. And there's some comfort in that oh, as yes. well as as well as some law. Mm-hmm. And the comfort in that is that this does not ultimately rest in us. You know, I, I know that there's a lot of, of fear right now about like the shrinking of the church mm-hmm. or the the changing of the culture. And one of the things that this parable reminds us is the growing of the kingdom of God is up to God. Yes. And it is God who does it and he will do it. Jesus has brought the word. He has scattered the seed of faith into the world. The Holy Spirit will continue to act today to make that grow, and it will grow all by the grace of God the Father. Yes. This is not something that we do. Nope. And that can be scary. Yep. But it can also be comforting. Yep. Because it means that we don't know how this works. We don't know. Right. But it does. And that can be something that we can hold on to when it seems like a lot is changing, when it seems like we aren't sure what's going on or what we are to do. Because in this parable, if we were to place ourselves in it anywhere, we're the ground. We're the ground that receives the scattered seed. Mm-hmm. And by grace, we have received faith and the word. By grace, it has taken root in us. We're here to grow. We're here to be a part of that kingdom, to participate in what he is doing. And I think that's kind of cool. It really is. And it's interesting and hard on so many levels. Because again, I want to impose my will, my acts, my works. But then the comfort of it's his work mm-hmm. upon me, in me, through me, and letting it go. And that's hard. Yeah. So, no, I, I think it's interesting. Yeah, I think that the, in, in verse 28 of the gospel, there's an interesting progression. First the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. Mm-hmm. It's not something that, that happens and is done. It continues. It continues working. Mm. This faith continues to grow. Until completion, as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. So it continues on until the end uh, of, of the age. And so this, this faith, this, this work that we do as Christians in our lives will continue until the very end. Even through our fears of, like the church shrinking, like you yeah. said, even through these fears— there's still this process of growing. I, I like that the way you brought that out makes me realize that faith is not this like on-off switch where it's like you you either have it or you don't. We're like, okay, I have faith and I'm just good. I'm here. Or I don't have it and that's bad. But it is this thing which grows, which is active, which is moving. And it's not necessarily like rushing towards a destination. If we can get to the destination, then we'll be okay. But the kingdom of God is present from the little seed to the big grown grain. And that we're in faith the whole time as we grow, as we go through that 
kind of process. I don't know. I think See, that's interesting. I'll take it a little bit different. And I appreciate what you brought out because it's the idea that um, when faith is given or delivered, it's not this huge mountaintop experience where now you're floating on cloud nine mm-hmm. and then you go home and then you drop. Right. And then you come back to church for that cloud top, and, mm-hmm. you know, but that it is a continual growing. And there's struggle in faith because how often has anyone questioned, do I have enough? Mm-hmm. Can I get through this? And, and again, it points back to what am I doing? Where's my trust? Am I trusting in my faith? And now I have faith in my faith. And now I've lost who's given me the faith, who sustains the faith. And I really like that it's a continuation until the completion in the resurrection. And that's always the hard, um, what is it, um, having and not having. Right. Or, uh, what, what is the phrase? Uh, yet and not yet. The, the now and not yet. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. And that's what we have in faith. We have all of the promises of forever and ever, but we continue to grow in it until the fullness of, of the end of age. And and I like that because it doesn't mean, up, oh, it's over, go home. We're done. Now we can move on to other things. Right. No, it's the fullness and completion forever and ever and ever. And I, I love that imagery. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.